Um, good morning and welcome to St. Mark's. It's great to have you here in the building or great to be with you in your living room at home. And as Martin said, you find us in the midst of a series called The Spirit-Filled Life. And in week one, Emily looked at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, out through Pentecost Sunday. And last week, Charlie looked at who the Holy Spirit is and all that he has come to do. And this week, we're considering the mission of the Holy Spirit. But before we start, I thought it'd be great to begin with a game, a game of true or false. So what I want to do, I want you to, if it's true, stand up or throw your arms in the air. Um, and if it's false, I want you to stay seated, okay? So the first one is, the Nile is the longest river in the world, true or false? Ooh, a bit, of, bit, a bit unsure, a bit unsure. Okay, that is false, guys. Next one, the Queen's coronation was in 1952. True or false? Everyone's saying true. That is true. There are 31 days in June. True or false? That is, in fact, true, guys. And then finally, two plus two equals four. Is that true or false? I'm afraid, guys, that is false. There's a bit of unrest there. Why is there unrest? Okay, guys, you caught me. All they were, there were all wrong, okay? I gave you all the wrong answers for those, and I can see some of you were getting a wee bit wound up by my incorrect answers. Why? Why did you get wound up? Why are we getting frustrated? Because the truth matters. We live in a time of fake news, post-truth, where things couldn't be more blurred if we tried. But the truth still matters to us. And last week, Charlie introduced us to who the Holy Spirit is and considered one of the names that he has given, the advocate, the advocate who draws alongside us. And Charlie gave this great summary of who the Holy Spirit is, the personal presence of God with us making known the Father's love and enabling obedience to Jesus. That's what Charlie considered last week, who he is. And this week we're going to consider one of his other names, the Spirit of Truth. And I think it's helpful at this stage of, to give this passage, to give this sermon a definition and focus our thoughts on what the mission of the Holy Spirit is. And I believe that the mission and what we're going to read today, the mission of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. I'll say it again. The mission of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. And with that in mind, we're going to turn to our passage. And we're in John chapter 15, verse 26 through to 16, verse 16. So I'm going to encourage you, if you've got the Bible in front of you, it's on page 1084, 1084, or to look it up on your phone as I read. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. 
I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But rather you are filled with grief because I have said these things. Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Jesus went on to say, in a little while you'll see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. I'll say that again. The mission of the Holy Spirit is to guide us into all truth. And this is the mission statement or the manifesto of the Holy Spirit. And we often hear companies talking about vision statements or mission statements, and they are quite different. Vision, Vision is aspirational, maybe what they hope to achieve, but mission is what is actually being done. That is what's physically happening. And the Holy Spirit is here on mission to guide us into all truth. Not some truth or vague notion of what truth might be. The Holy Spirit, the advocate, the spirit of truth, as we have just read, when he comes, will guide you into all truth. That is his mission. And we're going to spend a little time today considering what that might mean for us. But before we get into the the nitty-gritty of that, let's look at what is going on. We are just one chapter on from where Charlie left us last week, where we find the disciples in the upper room, and Jesus is telling them that he's leaving. And from our passage, we can see they're understandably distraught at the thought of Jesus going away. They've journeyed with him for three years, probably every day, spending every waking hour together, and Jesus is just going to leave them. And he says it in verse five and six, now I am going to him who sent me, but none of you asks, where are you going? But rather you're filled with grief. The disciples are so grief stricken that they don't even take the time to consider where Jesus is going. They're not even sure what to do about it. They don't even, they're not too worried. They're more worried about themselves and how much they are grieving the fact that Jesus is going. But Jesus continues and he says, it is for your good that I am going away. And as I sat in preparation reading this passage, this verse really struck me. And I was going, really? It's for our good? It's for the disciples' good that Jesus is going away? And I can imagine the disciples sitting there weeping. They probably tissues out. They were despairing, hugging one another at the thought of Jesus leaving. And then he says and turns to them, but it's okay. It's for your benefit that I'm going away. And I imagine 
The grieving stopped for a moment as eyebrows were raised, jaws were dropped, and they thought, it's for our good that you're going away? And Jesus, almost a little blasé, says, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Only if Jesus leaves will the advocate come. Jesus, as God incarnate, who the disciples have followed and been with these past few years, could only be in one place at one time. But the Holy Spirit, this advocate that we've heard about, could be anywhere and everywhere all at the same time, both then and now. And as we read, and we're going to further study this together over the coming weeks, the Holy Spirit, we will see, coming is totally to the disciples' benefit. Of course they grieved Jesus leaving. Of course they were distraught. Of course they were hurt and saddened. Why wouldn't they be? But when the Spirit came and he dwelt in the disciples, he made them powerful. He made them steady and courageous. He gave them mission to go out and to do. So it was totally for their benefit that he left and sent the advocate. And that's the situation we find ourselves reading into today. And last week, as I said, we were introduced to the Holy Spirit, who he is. But today we want to know more about what he does. And we see that he's given that second title. He's called the Advocate and the Spirit of Truth. Verse 26, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Verse 13, but when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. That is the mission of the Holy Spirit, to guide us into all truth. He has been sent from the Father who has given him all that he needs to testify about God and glorify Jesus so that we too, verse 27, might also testify about him. The Holy Spirit comes to speak truth into the world. Now, at first glance, that might sound absolutely wonderful. The truth is an amazing thing. It's raw, it's factual, it's real, and there's no veils or masks. Everything is obvious for all to see. But we don't get those cliches like, the truth hurts for no reason, or that famous line in A Few Good Men of Truth, you can't handle the truth for no reason. The truth can be hard and uncomfortable. It can challenge us and reveal stuff that we maybe didn't want to know. The truth can be difficult, but it can put things right. And that is what the Holy Spirit aims to do, to reveal truth, to present reality, to almost act like a magnifying glass or a microscope in on the truth. Look down at verse 8 with me. For this is what we were about to read and understand what the truth might mean. When he comes, he will prove the world to be wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. I'm sure I'm not the only one here who dislikes being told they're wrong. There is something inherently inbuilt that we really can't stand it, even if we know it's true. I don't know if you're like me. I'm pretty stubborn sometimes. And even if I know I'm wrong, I won't admit it um, to my wife. And, she, and she's often right. I'll be honest, quite often she's right, and I'm very much wrong, but I don't always admit it. Sorry, Jude. Um, but whenever I was growing up in primary school, my reports always said that I did not listen. 
that I would do things my own way. I always thought I was right, and I would question the teacher about everything, and I would go about and do my own things. And so what I did in the future to prove them wrong was I became a teacher so that I could always be right and make sure that I told people what to do. The Spirit has come and will come to show us the right way, to convict the world about its sin, about righteousness, and about judgment, to bring the truth of these things into full view for all to see. But what do each of these mean? Well, thankfully, Jesus in the passage gives us a little breakdown of all three. So let's go a little bit further with this. In verse 9, about sin, because my people do not believe in me. The Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sin. Not just tell us about it, but to convict us of our sin. That we all, and although the passage says those who do do not believe, it means Christians as well. We are too are guilty of sin, and we must be convicted of that. We are all sinners, whether that's the little white lie, whether that's gossiping, whether that's pride, whether that's looking at things we shouldn't be looking at, doing things we shouldn't be doing. We are all sinners. And our sin comes ultimately from from the fact that we wish to be the masters of our own lives, to be in control of what we want to do, when and where we do it, to push God away and get on with lives ourselves. But we're called and we're convicted here to consider that sin. We're called throughout the New Testament to put off our old self, which is being corrupted by our deceitful desires and to put on the new self, created to be like God and righteousness and holiness, to die to ourselves, our selfish desires, and to live in Christ. The Holy Spirit calls us to be different, different from the world and doing whatever we want and instead for us to be like Christ. That's our first conviction this morning. Our second one is in righteousness, or rather goodness. Verse 10, about righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. The Holy Spirit is here to present Christ as righteous to us. That he died on the cross and he rose again to be with the Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit points to the fact that only Christ is righteous and that we are not. We can't earn righteousness. We can't go out and gain it, but we are put right before God because of what Jesus did, dying for us on the cross, bearing our sin and taking that burden from each one of us. And it's the Holy Spirit that brings this truth into reality for us. Our third and final conviction is verse 11. And it's about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The prince of this world is Satan. But we can rejoice because today he has been defeated because of Jesus. That is why he stands condemned. Jesus never gave in to the temptations of this world. He never gave, he was offered, but he didn't give in the way that we do. For we are weak, but he is strong. 
And Jesus' defeat of Satan, his defeat of death, means that the temptations of this world no longer have the same hold over us. That's not to say they don't still exist. They do, and they will be present every day for us. But they need no longer hold that fear over us. For Christ by our side, we will be able to have a fighting chance against them. And that's where we pray and we encourage and we encourage you this morning, pray for the advocate to come alongside you, to draw near to you and help you to stand with you against those temptations. But why is all this necessary? Why did we need to know this? Why did the disciples need to do this? Why do we need to know this today? Because it's the truth. Jesus longed for his disciples to know it and he longs for us to know it as well. Jesus did not tell everything to his disciples, verse 12, but instead left it for the Holy Spirit to come and help them understand everything. And just as it is hard for us to be told we are wrong about things, whether they're big or small, hard to be convicted of our sin and unrighteousness, so we too need the Spirit to guide us into all the truth. For when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. The Spirit of truth will guide us. He will open our eyes to the fullness of truth in Jesus Christ. And the truth here might feel pretty harsh so far. As we talked about that cliche, it might feel like it's hurt already this morning. But there's hope. There's hope in this truth. For elsewhere in John, we read in John 8, if you hold to my teaching, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In knowing the truth, we know Jesus. And because of him, we are set free. Free from the burden of sin, which entangles and holds on to us. Set free from thinking that we are righteous, or even thinking that we can earn our righteousness. We are shown that it alone comes from Jesus. We're made free from th- through knowing that Jesus has overcome the prince of this world and we need no longer stand in fear. In knowing the truth, we are shown the way we are to go. We are given life and not just any life. If we read in John 10, we are given life in all its fullness. Life with Christ by our sides every day. Life that points the way to the eternal father. How good is that, that once the truth has been revealed to us, that we get that hope. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us in all truth, to testify about Christ, to glorify him. That is his mission. That is his job. That is his purpose, to share this information with all people. Jesus left, but he sent us his advocate, the spirit of truth to be with us every day. And as we come to a close this morning, I I was drawn to a commentary and it said this, the Holy Spirit takes Christ's righteousness, his authority, his power and his glory and makes it known to us. All these belong to both Christ and God together. 
Whatever belongs to God belongs also to Christ. And all these things will be made to us, known to us through the Holy Spirit. We shall not only know of Christ's righteousness, power, and glory, but we will share in them. It's important this morning that we understood that the Spirit came to testify to us that we might know the truth. But there's also a call for us. Now that we know the truth, verse 27, we must also testify about it. That was true for the disciples, and it's still true for us today. We must testify about Christ to other people. Now that we have the truth, this good news, why would we not want to go out and to share it? We're not to keep it secret or hidden away. It's to be shared with everyone. And in doing that, we are playing our part in the mission of the Holy Spirit. With our testimony, we can reach people's heads, we can reach people's ears, and then the Holy Spirit can do its work in bringing it into people's hearts. So today, can I encourage you, allow the Holy Spirit to come, bring the truth into your life. Allow him to complete his work in you, giving you the whole truth about sin and righteousness and judgment. And that truth will allow you to see the fullness of Christ in all his goodness, setting you free, showing you the way and giving you life. Guys, why don't we stand and I'm going to suggest there's a, a few ways that we might respond to this today. And there are three probable ways that we might respond this morning. Maybe this is the first time you're hearing this. And you want to know the truth. I encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to come and be present with you today. To fill you with all truth. And allow that to set you free. Maybe this morning you needed reminded of the truth to have it convict you afresh today. Maybe I encourage you to take the time to consider that. To be convicted by the Holy Spirit today. And maybe finally you needed that nudge to go out and testify about the truth. You've been given the good news but now you're to go share it. And can I encourage you to do that as well? You might know someone who you want to tell. You might know someone you want to invite on our next Alpha course. You might know someone you want to bring to church. Come and bring them the truth today.